We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Today, I'm joined by Stephanie Epstein of Sports Illustrated. She was one of the writers on a story that came out a few days ago, blowing the lid off the pitcher substance abuse, not PEDs, but maybe it, it should be considered that actual sticky stuff on the baseball. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks a lot for having me. This is, this is, I was just saying before we press record, is it seems like there's a story like this every baseball season that talks about something that shouldn't be happening in the game of baseball. This year, it's the, it's pitchers using illegal substances to doctor the baseball. Of course, there was the Astros scandal at the end of 2019, PEDs back in the 90s, but this seems like that might be the story for 2021. So I guess congratulations on, on breaking that <laughs> <Thanks>. story. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely what uh, what everybody in the sport is talking about right now, I think. Yeah, it's it, a couple quotes from the article. It did equate it to, to steroids, it, it being that much of an advantage for players. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think that the, there are good parallels to steroids. I think it in the, in the way that it provides an advantage, in the way that it's sort of a slippery slope that you... Like you can get into it for sort of slowly doing something that's only that's illegal, but not that bad. And then all of a sudden you find yourself really down the rabbit hole. And then also, I think in the way that some pitchers or some players in general felt like they sort of have to do it just to keep up. Um, yeah. I think there's that same issue of like, I don't want to do this, but everybody else is. And it's my career at stake. So I guess I'm going to make a choice I don't feel good about. That one of the quotes in the article kind of struck me. And it, it's exactly like the steroids thing. It's that whoever whoever gets outs the best gets promoted to Major League Baseball and teams don't necessarily yeah. care how you're going about that as long as the results are there. They'll look the other way. So if you're a minor league pitcher and you've been working your ass off for a decade to try and get to the majors and you can 
apply a little substance and get again few hundred extra RPMs on your fastball, which can get you another couple strikeouts per nine innings, and that's going to get you to the big leagues, which is going to get you a million dollar check. Why the hell wouldn't you do it? Yeah, and in some cases, it feels like the team is encouraging you to do it. Sometimes, you know, the yeah. pitching coach is saying you should consider adding a little sticky stuff. Sometimes the, the trainers are handing it out. You know, it really feels like the team expects it of you. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that, it's not surprising. It's certainly not surprising that they're coaching their players to use it because like like you said, you got to do it to keep up. If the opponent is using it, why, why shouldn't I, I use it? But th- that just, I think, highlights the real issue here is that how, how are you ever going to eliminate this from the game or reduce it from the game if it's not just players going about it to do this, it's being coached. They have people experimenting with different substances to see what works best. They're using some of these, the Edgertronic camera to actually find out this substance performs better than this other substance. Like it's scientifically proven to perform better. So like, it's just like, we're so far, seems like it's so far gone at this point. Yeah, I think it's way more insidious than people realized. I think it's way more insidious than the league realized, honestly, until pretty recently. Do you believe that though? Because I feel like the league the league is constantly just looking the other way on things. They they knew the Astros were doing something shady. They knew teams were illegally using the video replay room. And all Manfred wanted all Manfred did was send a memo. He, and he hoped the memo solved things and obviously didn't solve things. So is 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 the, is Major League Baseball telling umpires to police it their version of the 2017 memo? Yeah, I think the league often finds what it wants to find um, in terms of poor behavior. And in this case, I don't think they were really looking for it until maybe last year and then this year. And I don't know. I mean, we'll see. They, I think that in this case, it is so clearly making the game worse uh, to have this much pitcher dominance that I think they will make a real effort to, to curb it because otherwise they're going to have to talk about moving the mound back and increasing the size of the bases and doing all this stuff that they don't want to do. So I think there is some hope in the league office that maybe this is actually as big a problem as some of the players are saying it is. And maybe this will have to, this will be the only thing they'll have to fix. Yeah. I think, do you think that's the reason that it's, or one of the reasons that it's getting so much attention is because offense is an all time low right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, and that's part of why the diff- the big difference, I think, between this and steroids is steroids made the game more exciting. This makes the game more boring. And so I right. think that's part of why you see them faster to act because this sucks. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. It sucks. It's three hours of strikeouts. It's, 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 yeah, it's and they really don't like not that. fun. No, no, no one likes that. Well, yeah. And I guess the, uh, the flip side argument for steroids is that a pitcher could also use steroids. A batter could use steroids. So in theory, they both get an advantage by using that performance drug. I don't know how a pitcher uses illegal substances uh, on his bat. I mean, I guess he could too much George Brett, too much pine tar, uh, a bat. I mean, there's obviously things, uh, a hitter can do to improve their performance, but doesn't seem like they can apply. It's not as simple as I'm going to apply this substance to my hands or a baseball, and I'm going to be that much better. Right. And the other part of this is that it's, and it's important to remember these, you know, this is not physically dangerous to these guys. So it's not, they don't have to worry that they are 
hurting their fu- their bodies going forward. They don't have to worry that they're teaching children to use drugs. You know, it's a different, it feels much more innocent. And so I think that's also part of why it's so pervasive because, you know, I had one player tell me like, steroids could kill you. This is just washing your hands. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even really hiding it anymore. It's very, no. it's so obvious. It's on their belt buckles. It's on their pants. It's on their hats. It's in their gloves. Like I know there was the, the TikTok of uh, you Darvish <laughs> like the other day, and there's like any any idiot on the internet can find where these guys are are hiding this stuff at this point. So, uh, is it are they not hiding it because it's so it's so rampant that that it doesn't matter anymore? Is it because they know they're not going to get punished? Is like why why are they not even really trying to hide it? Yeah, I think they're sort of because they don't need to. You know, it like look around, everybody's doing it. And until this point, the league hasn't policed it. So why make it harder on yourself? So I think we'll start to see guys get more creative and some of them will stop, will probably stop using it. And I mean, the, th- the, the numbers would support that offense will start to go up like significantly if, 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 yeah, that's if the idea. pitcher substances truly are no longer used and you're only allowed to use the rosin bag and whatever else. They, they give you on the mound. We're going to start to see offense creep back up to 2000. I don't know what the year pick a year, but like whatever. Yeah. I mean, we don't have good data on this because they've been doing it. So it's not, we, no one knows exactly how much better things are going to look, but yeah, the belief among players and among the un, the league rather alike is that this is going to have a big impact. Uh, and it's going to end up being actually kind of a, kind of a neat experiment maybe if if the timing works out that we'll end up with almost half a season with just rampant use and then if the crackdown is successful we'll end up with a little more than half a season of ideally a fairly clean game and that should give us a sense of how big a dif- how big the difference is do you have confidence baseball can police this uh i think that if they really decided to they could it would require you really have to empower umpires because at the moment they basically rely on managers to call pitchers out and no manager wants to do that because his guys are doing it. And because he may, his team may want to acquire that pitcher. And so, you know, if you manage long enough, you're going to run into a lot of players and these guys don't want to get, don't want to start a fight. So they have to, the umpires have to feel like the league has their backs and they have to go out there and just like do a TSA screening of every pitcher. And if, if the league is willing to go to those lengths, yeah, I think they could catch most of it because there are not infinite places that these guys can put the stuff. And even if they, you know, get away with it, even if you don't screen them, you know, going into the game because it takes too long, if you screen them coming out, you can sort of see like it'll be on their hands. It'll be, you could, you could find it if you wanted to, but that is a real commitment. And it's something that you have to keep doing because if they do it for two weeks and then embarrass a couple of guys and then back off, you know, the scouting report is going to develop pretty quickly that you can start using it again. I saw a Buster only tweet that the crackdown plan is random checks eight to 10 per game, perhaps. And yeah, if, that's what they're looking at. It, this could be random. It could be if the umpire suspects something, it could be if he got a whisper before the game from the other manager, like, Hey, check this guy. If he comes in the game, I'm not going to make a big deal about it because like you, like you said, they don't want to make a big deal about it. I always think about when John Farrell had to go to the mound and call out Michael Pineda, he was like, I don't want to do this, but you've got a pound of pine tar on the back of your neck. Like everyone. It's the only thing they're talking about (laughs) on the broadcast. Like I look ridiculous if we lose and I didn't say anything. Right. 
So, and it's one of those things. It's like, just, I always hated that argument, just hide it. And then, and then it's, and then it's okay because yeah, it's not actually visible, but we all know it's there on the inside of the glove. So what's really the difference? But yeah, I'd be curious to see if they do, if they do get this uh, and we get, like you said, three months of, of true data where the offense is because it's not just the Yankees. I mean, across baseball, there's just no hits. There's no hits anymore. And right. Right. Um, Charlie Blackman in the article was talking about how everyone's complaining about strikeouts and it's really hard to make contact. That's why there's so many right. strikeouts. Right. Right. People say, oh, you know, they're selling out for home runs. No, it's just, have you looked at what those, these baseballs are doing? It's really hard to hit them. I mean, the, it, anyone who, come, if you come out of a bullpen in Major League Baseball now, you throw 95 miles an hour, minimum. It's, yeah. th- that's not even a question anymore. Right. And, I grew up watching baseball in the 90s, 2000s. If you threw 95, you were the hardest thrower on the team. And, and yeah. now, now, you're, now you're one of the guys that throws 95. Yeah, it's the one thing Charlie said that didn't make it into the story is he at one point, uh, he was, they were facing the Mets, I think, and they sent in some guy. He, like, I don't know that he'd ever even heard of him. And he's throwing 99 and it runs a foot and sinks a foot. And he's like, surely this is the best pitcher on their team. No, he's like the you know, middle reliever. This is some yeah. guy that nobody's ever heard of, and he's you know the, he's the best pitcher that you would have faced a few years ago, and it, it's just gotten so hard. And the other thing I think that um, you know people talk about they need to get a grip, and uh, I talked to one pitcher who says he doesn't use anything, and he said that he doesn't love that argument because, like, of course you, you know you need to get a grip, you need to command because you need to command the ball. Well commanding the ball is half the game that makes you a better pitcher if indeed you can command the ball and so the other way to command the ball is to take something off it so that you know where it's going and not throw as hard as you can and so i do think we would lose some of the velocity we see too if guys weren't literally gluing the baseball to their fingers and you're not exaggerating when you say like so sticky that it's like it's glue because i mean the article basically kicks off with the guy trying to get like try and get the ball off your hand and it'll, it'll stick to your hand if you just try and release yeah. it, which, which, I mean, I, I believe you and I believe whoever told you that, but to me, that seems unfathomable. Like that, the, the ball is that sticky. I heard about a lot of baseballs that were about that sticky that were, I heard about baseballs that would pick up grass as they rolled. <laughs> it would pull grass out of the ground. Uh, you know, balls where you could see the fingerprints left in the goo that you <laughs> could like you could actually scene. mimic the pitcher's grips. Yeah. Balls that you could hear as they tear off pitchers' hands. One oh guy told me that he got stopped at airport security after washing his hands and after showering. Yeah, what because the hell they was identified on his hands? something on his fingers. Yeah. Pelican grip. It's uh it's it's dangerous stuff. This is real. I mean, it's not explosives, but they definitely identify like, hey, this is something that doesn't normally go on human hands. Yeah. So I mean, it's obviously, I think probably it's one of these snowball effect things where it starts as pine tar, starts as, as the, the bullfrog sunscreen. You add a little liquid to it. You add a little of this to it. And here we are. When do you think it really started to go like off the cliff into the deep end of crazy substances? I think, well, I think it, like 2018, 2019 is when it started, probably 2019 is when it started to get pronounced. And then especially over the last two years, because it's not, I mean, the sub, some of the substances are newer and they're more advanced, but a lot of it is just that they can throw on the track man immediately and identify whether it's working. 
and maximize right. it in a way that they couldn't before. So like guys were using, you know, pine tar and glue and all kinds of stuff back for, for a century, they've been using something. It's just that now in the past, you sort of had to guess, like, was this actually helping? It kind of felt like it was, but you don't know. In this case, you throw on the track man and you just look, okay, you know, I gained 400 RPMs. Great. Or I only gained a hundred. Let's see if I can apply it differently to make it more successful. And so they're able to be very scientific about it now. And these cameras are much more accessible than they were now. I mean, in probably 2019, every team got the Rapsodo, the Edgertronic, the TrackMan, whereas not everyone had had full-time access to these. You had Every team had them and every training facility has them. A lot of individuals have them. And then they also, last year, they had the COVID break where they were all in shape and bored sitting around with nothing to do. <laughs> and a lot of them were fooling around to see if they could uh, if they could pitch more effectively. And then the last factor, I think, is the way that the league fools around with the ball every year, the composition of the ball. I think especially after it was really juiced in 2019, a lot of pitchers were like, okay, we got to come up with something here because we're all getting shelled. And so we have to come up with a solution. And the solution they came up with was pretty sticky. Well, the ball was juiced and it was, they were getting shelled as far as home run rates go. But as far as ERAs go and runs allowed, it wasn't astronomical. It was just all the runs yeah, were being scored to tell on home a pitcher runs. That. No, I know. It's like he doesn't like giving up home runs. I guess, I guess a yeah. pitcher would rather give up three singles than, than a solo home run. Yeah, they, but, don't, they don't like watching the ball go out of the park. They're willing to do a lot to, to curb that. Yeah. It's the time frame is interesting because, of course, Trevor Bauer. Love him or hate him. I mean, he he sure. he shed. He calls it out on Twitter. He calls out the Astros back in, I believe, the 2018 season is when he he mm-hmm. said. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he basically yeah, called him out. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah, and Yankee fans aren't gonna like it, but one of those pitchers was Garrett Cole, and Garrett Cole sure. was also in that Angels clubhouse attendant lawsuit about the guy mm-hmm. who was. Tr- I don't even know. I I kind of forget what happened in that lawsuit. If you could explain it. Sure. He was, uh, his name was Bubba Harkins. He was a visiting clubhouse, the visiting clubhouse manager. And he was making a sticky stuff concoction that was, uh, that was pine tar, uh, rosin and moda grip stick, which is like basically solid pine tar that hitters use, uh, to put on their bats. And he was kind of, he was melting it down and distributing it to players around the league, which may seem crazy if you don't have sort of an understanding of what the visiting Man- clubhouse manager's job is it sounds like oh he's giving stuff to opponents and like he is which is crazy but their job is sort of to to give things to opponents because your guys are on the road half the time and so they sort of feel like they have to give these guys what they ask for um also don't they work anyways, on he was, tips like don't yes, they make a ton entirely. of money off yeah. of tips so if they're giving yes. like garrett cole's so they're probably real employers yeah. yeah are the opposing players um and so he was he was brewing that for them, and the Angels fired him for the the league sent out a memo saying he was brewing you know, it. No like, employees. That's or, insane. Yeah, <laughs> employees aren't allowed to help. And a couple days later, the Angels fired him, and so he sued, saying that that it was uh, they had defamed him, and I think wrongful termination. That basically he felt like it's not really fair to have this memo come out, and like two days later, before he ever sees it, to fire him for this. So that suit has, at the moment, been dismissed and it's being appealed. Uh, it's working its way through the courts. Right. And, and who knows Who knows how much of what Bauer said and the Astros were doing. I mean, add the, I mean, you can't ever question... 
I'm never going to say the Astros weren't doing something at this point because who the hell knows that sure. organization seems like they would go to the end of the lengths to 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 win. So sure. they could have been the originators of the brewing these concoctions to to get spin rate. And the other thing that matters is that even sure, like the circumstantial evidence definitely suggests that Bauer and Cole and a lot of these guys have been doing something they're not supposed to be doing. And whether they they, you know, they've all so far declined to elaborate but whether they are or not other pitchers think that they are and they think that it's working and so whether you know even if these guys aren't actually doing anything the industry perception is that they are and that it's made them good and so a lot of other pitchers are just trying to copy that they figure it seems to be working for these guys and so they're doing it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I really like what you said about how this might actually decrease velocity because a pitcher can't locate 99 as well as he can locate 94. And, right. and that, and he's so, so it's, there's, I feel like there's been this thought in baseball that the reason pitchers are throwing harder is because teams say, we rather you go max effort for a shorter amount of time. And it's it, bullpens are relied on heavier. So the starters going 100 pitches maximum two times through the order. The, the bullpen guys are going to rotate and just throw throw as hard as you can, and then we're getting the next guy in there. No, there's no saving right. yourself anymore. And I think that's probably right. partially true, but your point about the substance, it allows them to do this more effectively. Yeah, well, I think it connects a little bit to what we were saying earlier about the guy who throws, who gets out the best as the guy who's allowed to pitch in Major League Baseball. The teams are selecting for players who can spin the ball and can throw hard. Players are not idiots. They see that. So they do whatever they can to make themselves into that kind of player because they see teams see that that's the most effective, most efficient way to uh, to sort of defang an opposing offense is hard stuff that's spinning fast uh, for sort of just like throw as hard as you can and then get out. And that's so play, pitchers try to make themselves into that player. Whereas if the team's if that were not valued, if, if they really wanted it because, you know, roster sizes changed or the number of pitchers on the roster were capped and suddenly teams really needed a guy to go seven or needed a reliever to go two, I think you would see the behavior change because they would have to, they would have to train differently and try to make themselves into a pitcher who can go longer. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many factors like p people, there's so many ways that people are talking about how the game needs to change. And it's just, I mean, I've talked, I talked to Eno Saris from The Athletic about the composition of mm -hmm. the baseball. I've talked sure. to 
I've talked to uh, I, I talked to a a sports scientist about load management and why players aren't playing as much as much anymore. So it's like it's all yeah. these different pieces to why people don't like the game anymore that are going into why where we are where we are with this game. Which I mean, like you said, it's just not as fun. I I don't I don't know what era yeah. you grew up watching baseball in, but it's not as I, I still love baseball. Want the Yankees to win. But I watch the games and it's not as entertaining as it was 10 years ago. Yeah, I think that I think basically across the board, everyone agrees on that, whether you liked the 80s style or the 2000s style, whatever. I don't think anybody says is, is saying this is the golden age uh, in terms of the aesthetics of the game right now. A lot of the players are wearing the golden age, but just the style of play in general. I'm not sure this is how anybody would have drawn it up. And as you, you said, it's a complicated, level? there's not one fix. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the, the players now are better than they've ever been, but this is not, if you were imagining a sport now, you probably would not want it to be just a bunch of guys striking each other out and hitting home runs when they don't strike out. So right. it's, and as you said, it's not one, there's not one solution. You know, it is load management. It is sticky stuff. It is the drive, the relentless drive toward efficiency in front offices at the expense of entertainment. It's, there's a lot. There's a lot of problems and probably not one solution. Well, and this just seems much more easy to implement. As harder as it is to implement to eliminate this from the game, this seems more of a logical approach than moving the mound back a foot, which is a drastic change that is going to have ramifications for decades, not not years. De- like dec- If you move the mound, you're not going to move it back again in five years. I mean, this is players right. coming up like as soon as you go to Babe Ruth League, you got to learn to throw from 61 feet instead of 60. So it's changing totally. forever if you do that. Yes. Yeah, I think I think people are really are really hoping actually weird sort of perversely. I think people are hoping that sticky stuff is a huge problem because then that's that it does seem a lot easier to fix than some of this other stuff. So if you really could corral it, maybe maybe you could save a lot of things. Yeah. So as you were reporting on this story and talking to different sources, like what was the thing that blew your mind the most? Uh, I mean, the airport security one definitely got my attention. That, uh, I think that the other thing that really stuck out to me is I was, I called a bunch of minor leaguers because I thought that it would be kind of an interesting note to end the story. Like I thought there must be some guilt in this, right? The, this yeah. idea that maybe you don't want to do it, but you feel like you have to. And so maybe I would try to explore that at some point. And I talked to three minor leaguers and look, that's not a huge sample, but none of them felt anything close to guilt. They all felt like this is what I have to do. And this is what the team wants for me. And I think that was what stood out to me the most is that it really at the, at the higher levels, I think there are some guys who wish they didn't have to do it, but from everyone I talked to at the lower levels, it seems like this is just sort of accepted as, as much as, you know, you go to the training room to, to deal with your ankle, you also go to apply your sticky stuff because those are both things that the team expects of you. Yeah, and and try and tell a professional baseball player who's, to get to that level, you have to be psychotically competitive. Try and tell him that now now, now you're at the majors and you can just stop doing that and now you can just start giving up more hits and more. They're not going to do that. They're always going to try and get an edge. Yeah. And also, again, try to try to tell a, you know, 22 year old who either is going to get added to the 40 man and have a career or is going to watch someone else get added to the 40 man while he goes. And, you know, maybe when he was in high school, he was pretty focused on baseball. And so he wasn't trying that hard in school. 
and he doesn't maybe he didn't go to college maybe he doesn't have a ton of career paths open to him because this is the only thing he focused on and you know maybe he's got a family like this is not i don't think this is a difficult choice for a lot of these guys you have to you have a very limited earning potential a limited window of of earning potential and i think these guys are really this is the choice between like feeding your family and not for a lot of players and i don't think that we always think about it that way because we think about the major leaguers but these minor leaguers are not really getting paid and the only way to get paid is to advance and the only way to advance is for someone else not is for you to advance over someone else and so these guys are are pretty willing to do what it takes yeah, not everybody had the six-figure signing bonus out of the draft. Most yeah, of them, the vast majority of them didn't. Yeah, most and, of you know, them they're were, getting paid are, at most eleven hundred dollars a month in AAA. It's not. It's crazy. It's not easy when you when you factor the amount of hours and then the hourly wage for that, and, and then yeah, oh yeah, it's unconscionable. Yeah, and it's like they got to make a thirty thousand dollars signing bonus last six years. It's like, okay, right. Good. Good, good and luck. And that's doing also. That. I mean, that's another way. If you really want to eliminate sticky stuff in the game, one way to do it is to make it so that the choice is not between earning a living wage and being hungry. Is if you started to pay minor leaguers more, I think you might, they might not feel, that, of course, they still want to make the majors because they're driven guys, but I think they might not feel like they have to cheat in order to survive. Yeah, I, maybe. I, I, I don't know because then, I mean, guys. I mean, this is probably not right, but if you start paying them like good money, then do some of them lose incentive to keep working harder to to go to the majors if they can make? I think people. I mean, that was the Mets theory when they wouldn't let the minor leaguers use the clubhouse in spring training. I don't think <laughs> well, anybody goes into that clubhouse and it's like, and it's like, sweet. I, now I don't have to make the majors because I am That's living true. it up in Port St. Lucie. I think you still want it. It's just that. You know, you might you might be able to give your, extend yourself a little more grace when it comes to whether or not to cheat if you if your family's not going to be hungry. Point well taken, because there was an article a few years ago about how many Yankees in Scranton, Pennsylvania lived above a funeral home. And that was like the nice, yeah. the nice place to live. So yeah, there's it. some it's 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 a pretty rough living situation for a lot of these yeah. guys. An apartment on the Upper West Side is better than that. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me. Why don't you tell people I uh, have not read the article where they can find it and maybe some of the other work that you've been doing. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. I'm at uh, I'm at SI.com. You can you can see there's a lot of good stuff there, I would I would say uh, this story and then pl- plenty of other work. We have some of the best in the business. So I definitely encourage you to come check us out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.